0: Log Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, Fantasy Football Mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide, and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip, The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 12th. We are one week into the 2023 NFL season. Wow, what a ride, and it's just starting. My name's Michael Nasrek, and I'm uh, host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, a very experienced fantasy rider and player, an auction extraordinaire, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris?
2: <laughs> well, I don't know about auction extraordinaire. I don't think I did real well on my auction last week, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm glad to be here, glad to be here. It's been a long Long few days, had a long weekend, and then uh, you and I talked earlier, found out today I became a grandfather for the first time, so that's that's pretty exciting for me.
1: Congratulations. Life will never be the same. <laughs> you <laughs> you got to spoil that sucker uh, a little, it, I'm sorry, is that a little boy or a girl?
2: It is a boy, it is a boy. My, my daughter and her husband are fairly private, so I'm not going to talk much about it, but it is a grandson, so uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to actually meeting them. They live down in Texas, and I don't. So I'm gonna, so I'm going to uh, hopefully see them in just a week or so.
1: Okay, Paul, I'm sure you're excited about it. <laughs> Let's get right to the news and notes. And uh, wow, what a 24 hours! The highs and lows, and highs again of the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Wow, what a storyline. Uh, Super Bowl bound Jets, right? Aaron Rodgers throws a pass incomplete, fourth play. Ritz is the Achilles' 10, and wow. Enters Zach Wilson, uh, struggles the rest of the game, but manages to get the tying. Actually, go ahead, touchdown throw to, to uh, Garrett Wilson, and uh, they manage to, to, to they get the tie. The, the Bills kick kick a field goal and it doinks off right at the, at the gun to tie it, and then a punt return wins it. Crazy stuff. Anyway, Aaron Rodgers has gone for the season. Zach Wilson, it's his team now. Uh, I'm not quite sure if the Jets are going to uh, maybe re-sign Joe Flacco. Hey, what about Tom Brady? He's out there. He's retired. What's the fantasy impact off the top of your head, Chris? Uh,
2: you know, I, I think for the short term it's going to be rough. The next five games, the Jets have an absolutely murderous bro schedule. And, you know, it's going to take a while for Zach Wilson to get back in the, in the flow of things. But if you saw him play in the preseason when he was playing and Rodgers was in his ear on the sidelines, he looked like the Zach Wilson they drafted him to be, um, not like the Zach Wilson we've seen for the last two years. So I think they're going to be okay. Um, they just got to kind of, you know, ride it out for the next few weeks until Zach gets a little more comfortable, gets in the flow, and they get through this rough part of the schedule. But that defense is so good. Uh, I just think what it's going to do is it's going to attenuate their offense a little bit. They're not going to be quite as aggressive. Um, until Zach Wilson shows that he can start to do things with the kind of confidence that Aaron Rodgers did. That's, they're going to pull that back a bit. They're going to be a little more one-dimensional, a little more run-focused. But um, I'm, encur- I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does uh, with Aaron Rodgers on the sideline kind of coaching him on. Or I'm assuming he's going to be on the sideline or in the box, depending on what the, his health allows. But that, that, that's going to be a, definitely a big blow for guys like Garrett Wilson's upside um, he's still going to be solid. He's still going to be a, a player you want every week, but it might it might cap his upside a little bit without that deep option.
1: Yeah, Brees uh, Brees looked really good last night. He had ripped off that 83-yard run. I think he just got tuckered out there at the end <laughs> and then running that uh, that long for a while. But uh, he had a couple other 20-plus-yard runs there. I think they are going to go more run-focused. But if you've got Aaron Rodgers, uh, you're you're looking to add somebody like a, a Brock Purdy or a Jordan Love or something like that. Uh, not. You're not looking at Zach Wilson, right? I mean, is he's totally off the fantasy radar right now, aren't you? Isn't he?
2: Well, if, if guys like Brock Purdy are available on your waiver wire, I would I would definitely take them first. Uh, I don't think Wilson would be terrible on your bench, uh, spot starter based on matchups, but I would go with a Brock Purdy, a Baker Mayfield. Um, of these, these are the kind of guys that are probably on your waiver wire that I think are probably going to serve you better in the long run. We're going to talk more about some of these guys coming up.
1: Yep. Uh, moving on over to uh, Baltimore, uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't the only one that ripped his Achilles, and uh, unfortunately J.K. is just rounding in the form. Uh, he was basically had a workhorse role in that game until he tore his Achilles right near the goal, and he's gone for the season. You got Gus Edwards there, and Justice Hill, and Melvin Gordon is in on the practice squad, and uh, John Harbaugh was asked. Uh, in the media uh, press conference yesterday, uh, was he going to sign somebody like a Kareem Hunt or whatnot? And he goes, "No, we're 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 good with the people we got. We thank God we got Melvin Gordon and everybody's good and all." And so, Chris, what's uh, what's your thoughts on these three guys? Uh, what order do you pick them up in for fantasy, and what do you think is going to happen to Baltimore?
2: Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I honestly think Gus Edwards is the guy you want here. I mean, he's he's a proven guy who has carried the load for short periods of time. Um, Justice Still has been a the guy they've always liked, but he hasn't he hasn't done it for any stretch of time. So that's a nice one-two punch. And I would not rule out Melvin Gordon being a significant contributor. The guy can still run. We tried to put him in his coffin a couple times over the last few years with Javante Williams in Denver and other places, and and he just he just constantly produces when given the chance. So I think they're going to be okay with even if they go a three-headed monster. Might not make any of them worthwhile uh, as a huge guy, but they're all going to be solid. The big difference for me is that I think this is going to really shoot Lamar Jackson's stock through the roof. Um, Obviously, they upgraded his receivers a lot this year. But if you look at what he did when Dobbins got his initial knee injury in the preseason the other year, they went from 24 attempts a game to 37 attempts a game without Dobbins. So I think this could be, especially with the new offensive coordinator, this could be a real step up for those guys that drafted Lamar Jackson. Though he had a rough week one. I think Jackson's going to start to go through the roof.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. There, uh, well, another big injury hit. Uh, Deontay Johnson uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but he uh, caught a, a nice uh, third pass there and uh, ran uh, for quite a while. And then he got tackled and grabbed his hamstring on the ground. He's out for a couple of weeks. Um, they've got a whole bunch of different guys back there: uh, Allen Robinson and uh, Calvin Austin the third. So, what, uh, what what's the fantasy impact here, and who do you grab off the waiver wire if you're a Deontay Johnson owner?
2: Yeah, Johnson is, is, I mean, he had six targets in less than a half a play, so he's definitely a guy you're not going to want to get rid of. You just want to hold on to him uh, for a bit till he comes back. I'm intrigued by Allen Robinson. He got a lot of play out of the slot in the preseason. He looked pretty good, basically playing, stepping in for Johnson in the second half as far as getting a lot of targets this week. Um, Pickens is going to be Pickens. I don't think this changes him much, maybe a few more, Two more targets, but I think the guy that's from that team that's going to make the biggest step up is, is Allen Robinson, and then Friermuth in the red zone. Uh, presuming he's healthy as well. Um, off the waiver wire, those other guys we've talked about—they're going to be all the big names that you saw come off come out of nowhere off the waiver wire. A couple of Rams, etc. But uh, I, I think uh,
1: uh,
2: Alan Robinson is the guy that I'm most intrigued by for Pittsburgh going forward here.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Cameron Austin III, uh, he, he did come into the game and actually took Deontay Johnson's slot. He did catch all six passes, away, uh, although they were short passes, 37 yards. He is a name to keep an eye on here. Uh, moving into tight end, uh, Greg Dulcich, uh, the Joker uh, for Denver. I don't know. These guys, the Jokers, are getting hurt all over the place. Uh, Cordero Patterson didn't even play this past week. Anyway, he pulled a hamstring. He's out multiple weeks. Adam Traumann is the inline starting tight end there. He caught some passes. What's the fantasy impact without Dulcich uh, for the Denver Broncos.
2: Yeah, that's that's
1: a bummer because
2: Dolphins says had like that's his like third hamstring injury in two years. He just can't can't stay healthy, especially with the hammies. Um, Cortland Sutton's the big beneficiary here. I mean, he's already the beneficiary with with Judy, you know, not really benefactor yet, and Tim Patrick out for the year. KJ Hamler, yeah, you know, all these guys are gone. Sutton's the last man standing. So. Uh, I don't think Troutman's a real threat, but Sutton and then obviously Judy when he comes back are going to be the big beneficiaries of, of this. Giltich uh, really hasn't I, – I was really high in him preseason, but, man, he just can't stay on the field.
1: Yep. Okay, uh, we're going to go through our list of injuries here. Obviously, uh, if you want to, go ahead and get a more complete list. and update, We just updated right before the show uh, the current status of all the players that are injured this week at Mastermind uh, FantasyFootballMastermind.com, FFMastermind.com, and our fourth and one injury report. Anyway, let's go through real quickly to remind you, these are the guys to keep an eye on this week. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback for the Colts, had a pretty good game. And near the end of the game, he just got dinged trying to run in uh, and was laying on the ground for a while. He just kind of dinged his knee and a little bit of ankle. Uh, injury there, but uh, they, they, they expect him to be okay. Uh, have you heard anything different there? Is he expected to be okay, uh, Chris, in Indianapolis?
2: Yeah, he's expected to be okay. He just banged it. He really wasn't a twist or anything like that, so he'll he'll be fine.
1: Okay, moving on over to the Chargers, a big one, Austin Eckler. Now, a lot of people were wondering, well, he had a big game, uh, but he hardly played in the fourth quarter and was not on the field for the final drive when the Chargers were behind, and there was a reason he dinged his ankle earlier in the game. They retaped it all, and he was uh, able to play a little bit here and there, but he couldn't go at the end of the game. Uh, So uh, Brandon Stanley, the head coach, said uh, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with his uh, practice schedule this week, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Aaron Jones uh, had a big game, and, of course, uh, he caught a pass, ran over the middle and, and, and uh, scored a second touchdown on that play, grabbed his uh, left hamstring, and we'll see if he practices and, and plays here. If not, it's going to be A.J. Dillon. Uh, of course, with Eckler, Joshua Kelly is the guy to own. If you're smart like myself, you grabbed his backup, and so you can just plug and play. If not, and Kelly's on the waiver wire, you're going to have to make a beeline to pick up Kelly there. Uh, over in uh, Philadelphia, Kenneth Gainwell was the almost uh, everything for the Eagles. Uh, what's interesting is that he's got a ribs injury. He sat out of practice monday and tuesday because they play the vikings on thursday so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him tomorrow to see if he plays otherwise for sure Penny will probably be active and join a three-man rbbc if game will can't play zach moss with the forearm. Uh, any any updates there chris do you think that zach moss is going to play this week for the colts
2: Yeah, I think he is. They actually put Evan Hull on IR this week and called up Jake Funk from the practice squad. So that just leaves him with Funk and an ineffective Jackson. So I think that's a pretty good indication they expect Zach Moss to play. He did practice three times last week and then was inactive on game day. So pretty sure he's going to be the guy and probably going to carry the load, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, because Deion Jackson was just not effective at all, barely a yard of carry there. Christian Watson had the surprise hamstring late last week. Uh, uh, Those of us that were still drafting on the FFPC uh, main event and all, his his stock went way down. He's listed as week to week, so we're not even sure if he's going to play this week. His uh, teammate, Ryan, uh, Romeo Dubes, uh, did manage to get on the field, scored twice. Uh, he was kind of limited, but you know he still got the job done there. So that's the situation there for Green Bay. Jacoby Myers was having a big game for the Raiders, and he took a uh, pass over the middle, got popped, and suffered a concussion. So we'll see if he can make it through. I don't want to be surprised if he sits this week. Jerry Judy still recovering that hamstring in Denver. We'll see if he can practice. Devonta Parker didn't make it uh, with that knee injury. Uh, they need him. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster is not a start of their people. There, he's a wide receiver three both uh, Boutet and uh, Kevin uh, Kendrick Bourne who scored twice last week played ahead of Juju so I'd be careful about playing him don't go by the stats I know Juju had like uh, four catches there but they were all short passes and he came he's the third one in uh, into the game behind those other two DJ Chark uh, for the Panthers hamstring didn't play we'll see if he can practice the big name of course is Travis Kelsey did not play last Thursday he is progressing Uh, heard reports earlier that he's likely to play this week but we'll see if he can actually practice. He'll have to, I think you have to do something in practice before you can play. Mark Andrews was surprised and active with the quad uh, late last week. Uh, hopefully he can return there because, of course, without J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson needs somebody to throw the ball to. Of course, he's got other guys there, but he, they could really use Mark Andrews without Dobbins there. And, of course, Pat Frymuth uh, kind of in and out of the game with a chest injury uh, for the Steelers, and, of course, with Deontay Johnson out, so they need Frymuth there. And we'll be right back after this important message.
0: You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing.
1: Okay, we all urge people to go check out our website ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff in there including our flagship free feature, NFL Quick Bits. All the news as it happens every day is posted there. Free guy Scanner reports uh, covered the the teams in the NFL, including uh, those of the Colts, from Indianapolis and Chris Rito. And, of course, our premium in-season weekly newsletters, $39.95. That gets you more picks-to-click and flip for the week. The market uh, feature, uh, golly, it was almost like a double feature this week because it's so, uh, so important and so much uh, comprehensive. Uh, so many players to talk about in this. Uh, acquiring and trading targets. Um, we have uh, the rankings for the week, of course, uh, including flex rankings. Uh, our fourth and one injury report is updated daily. Uh, and, of course, we update our, our rankings and, and, and flex rankings on Saturday, and we post all the injury updates as it happens, and we send it to you in email format with myself uh, 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 providing the initial fantasy analysis on that. So once again thirty nine ninety five, And you can follow me on Twitter at FFmastermind. All right, let's get to the picks, to click, and flick for week two. These are guys... We may want to consider extra, give extra consideration to either start or to bench, not necessarily kick off your roster, but maybe flick off your starting lineup. Give me a couple of quarterbacks this week you like, Chris, and why?
2: Uh, Baker Mayfield for the second straight week. I mean, he's too much of a gamer, and he's had far too good a passing weapon not to be in streaming consideration every week. His top two weapons have scored five touchdowns in their last two games against Chicago, and Godwin missed one of those games. So I think, I think the Bears' defense made Jordan Love look like an all-star at times last week. So Mayfield might actually get the Bucks off to a 2-0 start and have some good success in the air. Like I said before, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder and confidence, and with Mayfield, that is a very dangerous thing for his opponents. And then I like young Brock Purdy this week. Um, he posted a top-10 quarterback fantasy day this last week without really running the ball. And while his team had a commanding lead and a run-heavy offensive game plan, imagine what he could do with even modest volume. His floor is so high due to his surrounding talent and he's just a dump-off pass away from a long touchdown by a bunch of different guys. So he gets the Rams this week. And I'm just not sold on the Rams' weird shutdown of Geno last week. They were less effective against the pass last season, and I don't see any real improvement with their talent. So I think he's a solid, low-cost DFS or streaming option this week. And really, this is a reminder also, he's with the pickup for your bench heading into the bye weeks. San Francisco's quarterback strength of schedule during the bye week and the playoffs is far and away the best in the NFL. So I like Purdy this week and for the stretch.
1: Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, well, Justin Fields did not get off to a good start. Packers' defense uh, kind of throttled him, uh, and uh, he did only run for 59 yards in that game, uh, and he only found D.J. Moore a couple of times. He threw one TD pass to Darnell Mooney. I think he's going to rebound uh, against a very beatable Bucs secondary. I think that should be a fairly high-scoring game there. I think Fields is going to rebound, so if you've got him as your starter, don't hesitate to stick with him. And, of course, another one that uh, had trouble, you just mentioned him, Geno Smith, too. Too much talent around him. Tyler Lockett left that game after getting his bell rung, but he returned uh, and then, the court got uh, JSN, the rookie, and of course, DK Metcalf caught the touchdown. I think he's going to have much uh, better luck this week against the Lions. More competitive. Offensive scoring game. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week. uh, I guess Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, the caution play. He's going through his preseason right now, and the Ravens' defense is much improved. So I would let him get himself under his seat before you start him this week. That's my caution play at quarterback. And of course, Bryce Young uh, had his first uh, game last last week uh, in the NFL through one touchdown pass. Uh, to Hayden Hurst, but the Saints have a very good secondary, so I'd be careful about starting them this week. How about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about this week and why?
2: Well, a guy you're probably not starting anyway is Kenny Pickett, but this does not look like a good opportunity for a bounce back. The Browns are not the Niners, but they're pretty good, and they're coming off a demolition of the Bengals passing game, which frankly has a lot more star power than the unhealthy Steelers right now. Browns actually allowed the fewest fantasy quarterback points last year, and in the two games against Pittsburgh, they only allowed a total of 400 passing yards and a single touchdown. Um, the fact he's going to be without Deontay Johnson and maybe Pat Fryermuth makes this a big downward trend. And then my other caution player is Kirk Cousins. Um, I know he had the second most passing yards in the league last week, but if you watch the game tape, he was rather uninspiring and had three first-half turnovers. should have had two more. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in an offense that looks so one-dimensional. And they can only post 17 points on one of the NFL's bottom half defenses. His prime time woes are also very well documented. So I'm thinking playing on Thursday night football is a red flag. And then on Thursday, it's also a short week on the road against a tough Eagles pass defense. This sounds like an absolute recipe for disaster, even with Hawkinson and J.J. in the fold.
1: Yeah, I tell you, he, uh, he does not do well on these key Monday night or Thursday night games. Uh, Anyway, uh, how about running back? A couple of guys you like this week and why? Uh,
2: I like Ramondre Stevenson this week. Uh, He was fighting a stomach ailment all late in the week that really sapped his energy, and he still approached 100 yards against a pretty tough Eagles defense at a negative game script. Still garnered 18 touches as well. This week he'll be healthier, obviously. He's got a much weaker Dolphins defense that gave up two running back one performances, two top seven running back performances in the same game to the Chargers and 32 running back carries for over 200 rush yards last week. He should be a ball hog again and even more effective this week. And then we mentioned him earlier, I like Gus Edwards this week. Justice Hill's going to be a trendy pickup on the waiver wire. I get that, but I wouldn't get too excited about him just yet. You know, Gus the Bus had just as many touches and snaps, and frankly was far more effective. Now he just looked more explosive and more powerful than he has in the past two. He's a proven performer. He's carried the load. I think he's the guy I'd want, especially this week, against a Bengals team that looked kind of soft up the gut last
1: week. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week uh, were guys that struggled last week, uh, but they saw workhorse roles, and that's going to continue this week. Jamal Williams uh, with the Saints. Um, well, Kendra Miller is still injured. Not sure if he's going to play this week. And, of course, Alvin Kamara is still suspended. Well, they get the Panthers this week, and you know what the Falcons is with the Panthers, with Bijan and and uh, Tyler Algier there, so I think uh, Jamal's going to win the score in this game, so if you got him, stick with him. Uh, Rashard White for the Bucs, uh, really saw a workhorse role, and yet barely even rushed a 40 yards, uh, not even 40, uh, and caught a couple of passes, but guess what? He gets the Bears this week, and their defense is just terrible right now, so uh, stick with Rashad. Don't uh, don't give up on him another week. Now, if he, these guys struggle this week, then you might want to you know rethink that situation, but I think that both Williams and White are going to do well this week, so if if you need them, start them. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, Najee Harris, the reduced work workload plus tump, uh, tough Browns run defense to equal caution play. Jalen Warren just seeing too many uh, touches. In fact, basically they're splitting the early downs and the and the late downs uh, almost right down the middle there, and it's a bad matchup for Najee Harris. Uh, also without Deontay Johnson on the field, maybe a dinged up Pat Frymouth, it's going to be very tough for uh, Pittsburgh to score in this game, and you're going to get a low point total out of Najee. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, uh timeshare with CEH and Jaguar so, uh, Solid run defense, equal fantasy bench in my mind if you uh, can at all possible bench him, uh, weak RB3 at best. Um, and that's about it. So uh, how about you, Chris, uh, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why?
2: Yeah, a lot of people look at Cam Akers getting 22 carries. Um, last week I thought, wow, he carried the load. Yeah, he, he, did. he only had 28 snaps, and he only had 29 yards. So the reality of the opportunity here is that Kyron Williams not only outperformed him but out-snapped him about 2-1. to one. Most of Akers' carries and touches came in garbage time. I don't feel good about him anyway, but heading into the teeth of that 49ers defense does not sound like a winning proposition either. His last two games against the Niners, he totaled 13 carries for 16 yards. Just don't overthink this. Sit him on your bench. And then I, a little caution play for me is Dalvin Cook. I really didn't like the nature of his usage on Monday Night Football, although he did have more snaps and touches than Brees Hall, technically. But he's clearly a far lesser threat than his Hall. Uh, I think they're going to be more one-dimensional under Zach Wilson immediately, so I look for a little less efficient running game in total and a trending smaller cut of the pie for Cook. Especially this week, looking at a Cowboys defense that just shut down Saquon, who frankly is just a much better back than Cook is right now.
1: Okay, uh, how about a wide receiver? Uh, A couple of guys you like this week and why?
2: Uh, I like Jalen Waddle to explode. You know, after the cheat exploded last week, you know, that Belichick will devise a game plan that will make the dolphins minimize their best option on the field. That's what he does. I think this extra attention should let Miami's wide receiver one, a run wild as he often has. He scored in three or four games versus new England and averaged 15 PPR points per game in this matchup for his young career. Uh, that shows that Belichick is looking at the other guys. Um, you can't really go deep on new England easily, but you can kill them underneath, which is where Waddle does his best work. And, uh, I looked at uh, after exploding for two huge games earlier in his career, New England's held Hill to uh, five for 62 average, only one touchdown in five games. So they definitely know how to focus on him. I like Waddle. And then I like DJ Moore. You mentioned him earlier. Another guy I think should have a big bounce back. He gets a crack at a much lesser secondary that was just torched by Kirk Cousins. Um, after having a huge target share in camp and preseason, only two targets. And the Bears know that was a factor in their sluggish offense last week. He's also had as good a history against the Bucks as anyone from his years in the division at Carolina. Uh, Double-digit targets, seven of his eight games since his rookie year. And he's averaged seven catches and 18 PPR points per game in those eight games. So really like D.J. Moore with history and need to have a big game this week.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. A couple of guys I like this week, uh, Dondra Hopkins. Uh, Well, you know, he had an okay game last week, seven catches, 65 yards, but he did see the volume, 13 targets. Guess what? He gets the Chargers. Yeah, Tyreek Hill and uh, Waddle had a good game. Uh, so this team is primed to be uh, scored on again, and I think Hopkins is going to score in this game. So you probably starting him, and he, <laughs> you should. I uh, think he's going to do well. And Chris Godwin uh, didn't score last week, but uh, had a key uh, third-down conversion late in the game. Caught Still caught five passes, so I think he's going to find the end zone this week against the Bears. Yeah, so Rashard White and Chris Godwin are guys I like this week. A uh, couple of uh, wide receivers not crazy about out. Uh, OBJ, uh, well, you know, hey, the Bengals will limit him, and he's not a priority in offense uh, because they got Zay Flowers there, and also Rashad sure Bateman is taking some uh, reps away from uh, OBJ there. I just think old man uh, is not uh, produced enough to warrant uh, a start, and we shall see. And then another guy that's kind of going um, to waste, I think, because of the situation that he's in is Christian Kirk. He's now the slot receiver there. He's playing a lot less than he played last year. Uh, it, it just doesn't no no favors playing. I saw I caught one pass last week. Um, so until uh, you know he plays a little bit more and gets more targets and actually does something, unfortunately, I think you have to almost swap Kirk and Zay Jones in your uh, head. <laughs> if you were lucky enough to draft Zay Jones late, you got a starter right there, and that's somebody you can start with. Kristen Kirk is on my bench for right now. How about you, uh, Chris, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why?
2: Yeah, we talked a little earlier. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about Garrett Wilson. There's a kind of a confluence of events to make him underperform this week. Anyone that watched primetime football knows why. Obviously, that Dallas defense is going to crank up the heat, give a lot of extra attention to young Mr. Wilson this week, so it's going to be hard for him to have a big day. And I'm sure no one on the Jets staff has as much faith in Zach Wilson to help Garrett Wilson put up top-end volume or numbers. Um, <clears throat> all you have to do is look at the play calling with Mike White and Wilson last year. They threw a lot more with White, and that's without Holland Cook to run the ball. So, I think you play him, but this may be one of his more pedestrian outings uh, in 2023. And then Terry McLaurin is another guy uh, I'm a little worried about this week. Even if his toe is fully healthy, Sam Howell just has a lot of other options, so he won't have to force the ball to McLaurin with Patrick draft all draped all over him. Um, Howell showed his savvy last week in a less frightening one-on-one matchup, and McLaurin was the fourth most targeted commander. So I think the Broncos have just not yielded much to the wide receiver over the Sertan era, and they've allowed the second fewest touchdowns and receptions and the third-fewest yards last season. And when they do give up stuff, it tends to be the slot guys or secondary targets. So I think it's going to be another scary stat line for Scary Terry this week.
1: Okay. How about the tight end position, a couple of guys you like this week and why?
2: I like Logan Thomas again second week in a row. He led the commanders in targets last week and was running as many routes and seeing as many snaps as McLaurin and Dotson all game. And this week he faced the team that was frankly terrible in defending the tight end last year. Mostly because, like I said, they're so good at guarding the wide receiver. The quarterbacks look elsewhere. I think the high volume he should continue to get in the PPR gives him a very high floor. And he's only an end zone trip away from a top five finish at the position any week, especially this week. And then another guy I like for a very similar reason is Sam Laporta. You know, I was banging the drum for him as a bit in the sleeper in the offseason. I liked the usage I saw from the rookie in his first game. He was in on nearly every snap, caught all five of his targets, quietly posted a top eight PPR finish at the position. Um, his usage could take another step forward this week. A Seahawks team that had given, gave up over 300 passing yards last week and the most tight end receiving yards last season. Um, they were crushed by Hawkinson uh, in this offense in the game against Detroit last year for 12 catches, a buck, 79, and two scores. So you know Ben Johnson saw something there he'd like for the tight end. I think he could see the end zone this week, which could vault him into top five status, even with only the same usage he saw last week.
1: Okay. Okay, well, hopefully it's going to be a better uh, week for the tight ends overall. A couple of guys I like this week, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, yeah, and he is a Minnesota Viking, not a Detroit Lion, as I accidentally had him playing the Seattle Seahawks. Well, he is playing the Eagles, and guess what? The Eagles gave up the touchdown to Hunter Henry last week. This is in prime time here, and I just think that Hawkinson is going to score in this game, even if Kirk has a bad game. Uh, You've got to start Hawkinson. He's one of the elite tight ends that are healthy, so it's plug and play. And speaking of Hunter Henry, he's hot, and the Dolphins gave up the touchdown a tight end score last week to Donald Parham so I think that Hunter Henry for New England is going to score again this week so if you got that guy or picked him up and you need him start him and he should uh, produce for you a couple guys I'm concerned about Durham Smythe yeah Miami uh, he caught a lot of passes last week guess what the Patriots allowed nothing to the tight end you could just ask Dallas Godert he had one target no catches First time that's happened, I think, in a long, long time. Uh, so I sit Durham Smythe, uh, maybe pick him up, sit him on your bench if you're that desperate. And Noah Fant, Mr. MIA for Seattle, didn't even catch a pass or get a target last week, so he's off my radar. Completely forget about it. How about you? A couple of uh, tight ends, Chris, that you uh, don't care for this week. Uh, I'll start with Tyler Higby.
2: Uh, last week told me a lot about the Rams passing game. With Cup out and a bad tight end defending team, Higby was still buried in the pecking order, only an 8% target share. The backup tight end got nearly as many targets. He's on the other end of the spectrum this week against the 49ers team that actually does defend the tight end pretty well. He's also only averaged 35 yards per game and has not scored in his last three in this series. He held under 20 yards twice in those three games. He's just a poor streaming option, and likely there's a better option with more upside on the waiver wire for this week if you're streaming Higby. And then I'm a little worried about Pat Um He might be aligned for a bigger target share with Johnson out of the lineup, but he's dealing with the injury concern of his own that might limit his effectiveness. Um, He's also facing a team that has just owned the tight end in recent years, so he could find opportunities nonetheless limited if he's forced to stay in and block a little bit more as well. The Browns only gave up two tight end touchdowns last year and held the Bengals to only 17 yards at the position last week. And Fryer himself only has 65 yards and no scores on seven catches in his last three games total versus Cleveland. He was blanked the last time they met. So, really a lot of bad history here for Fryer Moose.
1: Okay, it's time for Chris's one-hit wonders at kicker in defense. Hit me with them.
2: Uh, Brandon Aubrey of the Cowboys. He's kicking for a high-powered offense, especially when you go up against one with a good defense. So, there should be trips to the red zone, but a few more stoppages for Dallas than usual. And then I really like Joey Sly this week. His big leg in Denver's thin air looks like a real opportunity for leagues which reward longer field goals. I bet he gets at least one crack over 50 yards, if not two. A few defenses that are on your waiver wire that really I like this week. I'll start with the Colts going into Houston. They're averaging 12 points per game in their last six games against Houston. They've topped 12 in three of their last four. Plus, now they got a rookie quarterback and a lesser wide receiver crew than they faced last week. Really love Detroit at home. That home opener is going to be crazy in Ford Field with their, their electricity against Seattle. Seattle's got two new offensive tackles this week. A 41-year-old Jason Peters they just signed today and a guy they pulled up off their, their practice squad. So Hutchinson, Oquara, and Houston are going to have a field day. they got a lot of pressure on Mahomes. Then another one is I like the Giants who is uh, going into Arizona. They're the only team not to score a single point for their fantasy defense last year, but this just in, the 2023 Cardinals are not a 2023 Cowboys. I think the G-Men rebounded a big way defensively this week.
1: Well, I certainly hope, and I hope that they score some points, because if they don't win this game, my team is uh, in trouble. So, anyway, thanks for joining us, everyone. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 3 preview. Good night and good luck to everyone
0: this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.
1: Good day, sir!